Give me some levels. Hey, it's me. It's levels time with me. This is the podcast where I give levels. Um, our topic today, counting from one to ten. <laughs> one. Good start. Good start. Two. <laughs> Keeping it going. Three. You bet it looks like a sideways butt. Four. A sideways butt. We call four sharp nine. <laughs> Five. <laughs> now you, you, want to, you want this to stop? <laughs> okay, great. I'm Liza Poor. I'm Mike Pulasic. Every week, we randomly pick two movies from our stupidly large DVD collection, watch them, and discuss. When it's all over, we can only keep one. Two discs center. One disc leaves. This is DVD, DVD Deathmatch. Deathmatch. Hi. Hi, we're back, baby. We're back. Guess who's back? Back again. It is us. We are back. <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Um, hello. Hi. We so, took we took a couple weeks off. Unexpectedly. Did you miss us? <laughs> yeah. An unexpected two-week break. Yeah. Um you know, just a chill two weeks. Yeah. Uh, no, we had we had a, a few a few medical issues. Everyone's okay, um, but some some medical stuff, and then uh, both of the kids had a stomach bug, and it was, oh, a, it was a, a never ending hellscape for uh, two weeks, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and we gave ourselves the gift of, you know what? Like, hey, <laughs> let's not do the podcast this week. And then another week passed, and it was like. Yeah, we're not ready yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but we're back, and everything is good. Everything's on the up. Everything's on the up. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. We finally got to have uh, a delayed birthday party for one of our kiddos. Right. And it was delayed by all the medical stuff yes, and, and it, sickness and stuff. Yeah, and and uh, but it was wonderful mm-hmm. and. Things are looking up. Yep, they are. Um, okay. <laughs> Why does it always feel like we're desperately trying to convince everyone that we're fine? Because <laughs> we are. Because we are. Nothing's actually wrong. No. But it was a stressful two weeks. We can say that. It was it stressful. Was. It was. There was, uh, you know, I don't, we're not going to get into it, but just there was medical stuff, and that's always stressful, especially in America, which is broken fundamentally. Yes. In the area of... Uh, healthcare and <laughs> yeah. paying for it or not, and so yeah. it was. A, and then when your kids get sick, that's rough. Even if you know they're okay, they're vomiting. And if you're a listener <laughs> to the podcast, you know that um, Liza Poor, my dear wife, has a fear, a, a deep rooted, deep rooted, deep seated um, phobia of vomiting. So it's like just rough on everybody, and it's rough on the kids, and it's rough on you. It's bad. It's bad news bears. So yeah. it was a stressful couple weeks of just, and you know, it was also the thing. Uh, we can keep this brief. I'm not uh-huh. trying to keep it going. <laughs> yeah. But there was a thing where, like, it's extremely. We'd have an extremely stressful, rough day uh-huh. in terms of illness or running to the doctors or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Then a day would pass, and I'd be like, okay, all right, we're, we're okay. And then the next day. Someone else would be vomiting all over the house. <laughs> and he'd be like, okay. And then a day would pass. And I'd be like, okay, I think we're done. 
nope, <laughs> that person's vomiting now. Or a person who you thought was done vomiting has started vomiting. And so... I, I, don't, I don't love the excessive use of, of vomiting. Sorry. <laughs> we can stop talking about it. But it was just... We looked at each other a lot over the last two weeks, and we were just like, this will end someday. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, like, someday we'll get through this two weeks. Yeah. And yeah, we yeah. did. And we did. And, and here, here we, we are. are. Um, and <laughs> You're I, like, I'd like to stop talking about it. I really would. Um, but uh, no, but I'm also, I'm excited to, to talk about movies again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Yeah. So we should do that. Do we have any uh, other topics at the top besides our medical woes and terrible two weeks? <laughs> no. Um, no, but we, it has been a couple weeks. It Let's has. do a rapid fire. What have we been watching? What have we been watching? Get ready. I was like, you I mean, have you, a list. You've been watching Glee. I have been watching. Well, no, because you know what it is? is I found a, a great podcast called Recovering Gleek, um, which is hosted by these two lovely uh, people who I wanted to call kids because they're young. They're in their 20s. That's not a kid. But right. uh, as, an, as an old, to me, I was like, oh, these two kids. They're not kids. Anyway. These children. Um who who the whole premise of the podcast is they're just recapping Glee and going episode by episode, but from this lens of uh, having some distance from Glee and recognizing that it was bad, but also you love it, and that's exactly how that's I feel you. about it. Yep. So, um, so I was listening to that podcast. It's very funny and very good. Um, and then I was like, oh, do I have to rewatch Glee? And uh, I was like, you know what? I kind of do. So yeah, I've been rewatching Glee. Which is exactly as I remember it. It's bad, but also I cried. <laughs> there you go. So great. Well done, Glee. <laughs> All right, we're going to keep it very quick on this list. Okay. okay. Very quick. Speed round. Go. Okay. I watched the miniseries Quiz, which no one, I had not, like, uh, was very good starring Matthew McFadden and uh, uh, Michael Sheen. And I had never heard of it before I listened to a Matthew Matthew McFadden interview on Fresh Air, and he was talking about it, and I was like, I've never heard of this, and it was great. Yeah. So, quiz. Quiz. I watched Drive My Car, which is nominated for an Oscar. Maybe you can drive my car. It was fine. Car. Black Swan, we, we were going to talk about. I watched <laughs> The Foreigner, starring Jackie Chan. The Jackie Chan parts were great. The other parts were not great. It's mostly other parts. <laughs> I watched King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, which I was led to believe would, was going to be dumb fun, and it was just dumb. We watched Cyrano. We did watch Cyrano. Which I loved. We have conflicting opinions about Cyrano. I didn't love. I didn't hate, but I didn't love. And I I think part of that is because going in, I was like expecting to really love it and was really excited about it. And then I was kind of like, oh, this wasn't, wasn't exactly what I wanted. I said to you afterwards, I was like, I love, I loved it as a movie and I love the performances and stuff. It's not a great musical. No. It is a musical, but it's not a great musical. Right. Although there's a really, really great number towards the end. Oh, my God. That Amazing. I love called Wherever I Fall, I think it's called. Yeah. And I oh, love it so and recommend good. it. It's All so right. good. Watched The Dead Zone, John Christopher Walken and Martin Sheen, which I watched because of a podcast, much like Recovering Gleek. Love that. Because um, they're doing Stephen King on with Gorley and Rust. And so I watched that. Dead Zone, perfect movie. I watched... <laughs> The Problem with Apu, which is not, uh, like, my favorite documentary, but it was very good, like, um, uh, like I agree with it. Right. It was cool to he's, uh, to see all the interviews with Indian comedians and stuff and Indian American comedians saying, like, 
why Apu was kind of like this horrible figure in their childhoods. Yeah. And it was like really eye opening in that way and great. The documentary style and like the cutesy kind of CNN of it all, I wasn't into, but mm. we watched Turning Red with the kids. We did. Love um, it. It was great. Love it. Great. Uh, I rewatched The Power of the Dog. Um, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, Why? <laughs> uh, well, we watched The Power of the Dog and, I, and we were both like, sure. Uh huh. And then it like stuck with me and I was thinking about it a lot and I, and I, and I just wanted to rewatch it and I was, and then I did and I was like, Great. I, and I, I think I liked it more the second time. I love that for you. I watched Silver Bullet again because of that Stephen King series they're doing on that podcast. Mm-hmm. Which was great. I had never seen it or heard of it. It's a werewolf movie. It's like so 80s. It's really good. Mm. I watched Licorice Pizza, which was fine. I watched Glengarry Glen Ross, which was just okay. No, sorry. Uh, Glengarry Glen Ross is one of my favorite movies. I was like, uh. <laughs> I was still thinking about Licorice Pizza. Um, I watched Windfall on Netflix, which is a new movie, which is pretty Let good. Windfall. Wait, sorry. <laughs> which is pretty good. Jason Siegel, Lily Collins. Oh, yes. And Jesse Plemons, and they're all in. It's all like it's just three of them mostly. It's a COVID. It's like it's clearly movie, a lockdown right? movie yeah. they made in lockdown, and very recommended if you like Jesse Plemons because it's like I feel like he's always so restrained uh-huh. in movies, like uh-huh. like you don't get to see him like go for it. Yeah, and he's going for it. I love that. And we're Jesse Plemons stands over here. Yeah, we're ple- we're ple- plemonades. We're, we're <laughs> ple- plemians, like plebeians, but plemians. Yeah, no? is there something with lemon though, like plemon? Plemonade stands? Lemonade stands. <laughs> oh, because stands. Hey, we Good. got there. We did it. Um, and we and finally we watched Deep Water, which is yes. the Ben Affleck on a day erotic thriller, <laughs> which was like such a fucking mess. It was so weird. I liked watching it, but it was a it was yeah, bad. I, exactly. I enjoyed myself thoroughly, but I it was not good. It was yeah. not good. And the oh, thing no. I keep saying to you is that the movie it reminded me of most, the feeling I got watching it. Um, reminded me. It reminded me of Mr. Brooks, which yeah. we've talked about on the podcast. We have, which is like a terrible movie that we enjoy watching. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's the rapid fire. I hope we kept it brief. I that hope you're good. still with us. Uh, probably not. <laughs> okay. Um, everyone's forgotten about us. It, so it's yeah. fine. Oh, I have a I have a topic at the top. Actually, ooh, yes. Uh, uh, my lovely cousin Anna and avid DVD deathmatch head. Anna, the best. The best. Um, she texted me with a new rule. New rules. We have a new rule. We love it. Okay. Um, and uh, here's what she said. Hold on. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, my thinking is that you have a few whammies on the rule list now and need a jackpot slash free parking style good thing to balance out the risk of picking a rule. I so, love this. Right? So I propose, keep both and celebrate with a cupcake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm adding it. I love that rule. Thank you so much, Anna. That's incredible. Um, and yeah, you guys keep sending us rules. We love the rules. Yeah. We love the rules. And we love cupcakes. So well done. Perfect. <laughs> Great. I love that. Should we uh, Should we tell them what we did this week? We had a couple of, of terrible weeks. but So, so this week and uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. You know what we did? We watched two movies, you guys. Well, that's true. <laughs> so we should say that. We watched... We watch, so we watched Black Swan from 2010 and Hunchback of Notre Dame from 1996. And we watched Black Swan on March 6th. <laughs> right. And we watched Hunchback of Notre Dame last night. Last night. So, um, so, so, so yeah, obviously we had intentions of uh, recording this much sooner, but we didn't. Um, 
So yes, let's kick it off with Black Swan, shall we? As I said, from 2010, directed by Darren Aronofsky. I love, I love that. It's not alliteration, but Darren Aronofsky. Oh, mwah. oh yeah, it is real Darren, nice. Aaron, Darren. That's beautiful. Um, okay. uh, our IMDb summary is a committed dancer struggles to maintain her sanity after winning the lead role in a production of Tchaikovsky's Swan Lake. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's, that's a good. lovely summary without spoiling anything. Succinct. We love um, that. It doesn't really tell you uh, the, the vibe of the movie, which is yeah. an interesting decision because yeah. this movie has a specific vibe. It does. Um, in that it's uh, kind of like a horror thriller. Yeah, I mean, we, like, that's my cards on the table, is that it's, like, in between. Yeah. It's not quite a tight thriller. Right. And it's not quite Mulholland Drive, like, just full fantasia of of anxiety and horror and all this stuff. Right, right, right. And right. it's firmly in the middle. And for me, that's why I don't love it because it like oh. I can't f- like I I wish it was either a tight fun thriller with like a murder or something mm-hmm. or it was just like full crazy oh I have the opposite feeling where it's like I, I that is what I love this is about the perfect it. tone yeah this is this is just it's the perfect uh rooted in reality with twist of of what is reality for me totally um, I I fully get that like I don't I don't think my opinion is correct here. I mean, it's, it's your opinion can be correct. That's okay. But you know what I mean. Like, I don't, I'm not like, I'm not like, really, you like this? I know. That's not really our vibe. We don't really. You know what? That's a good point. That is not really our vibe. <laughs> um, um, okay. But so before we get too deep in here, we've got, uh, uh, oh, no. <laughs> I was about to say Natalie Wood. And yeah. I was like, I know that's not right. But I know her name is Natalie, and I couldn't, for the okay, life of me, figure out what it was. It's Natalie Portman. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you, you nailed it. It's not Natalie Wood. No. Um, Natalie, <laughs> Jesus. Natalie Portman, uh, Mila Kunis. Is that yeah. how you say her name? I yeah. feel like every time I say it, I'm like, Ugh. Ukrainian queen. Right? Mila Kunis. Yes. <laughs> um, what's his name? Shoot. Oh, Vincent Cassell, I think. Let me make sure I'm not... The guy who's in up. one of the Oceans movies, as Vincent Cassell, the, yeah, as the 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 bad guy, yeah. fingers. Um, the, those are all the kind of big notables. Winona right? Ryder. Oh, no. Jesus Christ! Jesus Christ, <laughs> oh, Liza! No. Oh no! What are you doing? Well, it's it's funny because I have a bunch of notes about Winona Ryder in this movie, so yeah. I love that I forgot that she was in it. Great. Um, and as it says, it, uh, so so Natalie plays our committed dancer. Um, and you, she, you meet her. She's like pretty sheltered. She lives with her mother. Right. Um, in the kind city. Kind of an overbearing mother figure. Oh, kind of. A very <laughs> overbearing mother figure. Great point. Um, what's interesting is that you never quite find out how old she's supposed to be. Because the thing with dancers is that they, their careers are very short lived. Right. Um, and what are you quite did do they tell us how old she is i thought i remember i don't have it written down i thought i remembered at some point them saying like like 
late 20s or something, which was so crazy because... Well, because late 20s is old right. for a ballet dancer. So that would be that would be weird. But anyway... Anyway, it doesn't I, matter. The, the point I, is... Because I don't even know if I'm right. I'm not. Right. So the, but the point is, is that you... I think it's... I, I think maybe I missed it, but it, it feels kind of ambiguous how old yeah. she is because it's hard to tell. She still lives with her mother and is very like uh, infantilized by her mother. Like her mother cuts her nails for her and draws her bath and tucks her into bed and turns on her music box every night. Right, And the bedroom is all frilly pink. Yes. Like, with like stuffed animals. And, right. Exactly. Um, and I think, yeah, it works. I mean, it works no matter how old she is because, you know, she's not supposed to be 16. Right. Or younger so mm-hmm. it's it's like even if she's supposed to be 20 right in this it's still wild right exactly so and she's a a ballet dancer and she manages to land the lead in swan lake um and the thing with swan lake if you don't know it is that oh god what's this the story is weirdly complicated where it's like yeah a swan falls in love with a prince but then there's a bad Swan, like half of her, or it's her twin. Anyway, the point is, the lead in Swan Lake plays both the white swan and the black swan, right. and the black swan is kind of the evil side and right. what have you. Um, so she has to portray these two different characters, and she has no trouble with portraying the white swan and has a lot of trouble portraying the black swan right. because her director wants her to let go and be free and not be so restrained, and she is so used to being a perfect ballerina that she has trouble with that. Right, and the director's um, also, like, predatory kind of. Oh, yeah, and is very, like, there's a, it's, it's an interesting, it's, like, it's funny that you said predatory because I actually don't get... Like, it is. It fully is. You're right. Yeah. But the way that he plays it or the way that it's directed, whatever it is, there's something about it that feels that I watch it and I go and I'm and I'm like, yeah, she does have to figure out how to let go. Like, he's I'm like, he's right. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. He 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 goes about it in a bad way. Well, he is right. right. (laughs) He is right that she needs to be better at that performance. But he's also like trapping her in the office and kind of implying like what are you going to do to get this part and then when she doesn't do it he plays it off like oh that was a test and you failed kind of you know what i mean interesting and then and then he grabs her like uh crotch you know and stuff like that and like kisses Kisses her her unwanted and and, you know and she she bites his lip and that i think is what convinces him that he's like oh yeah and then Mila Kunis comes in, and she is uh, the perfect black swan. She's very, like, free. I think she says they say she's from San Francisco or something. Right. And she's very free and wild. And um, and so the Natalie Portman character is intimidated by her. Um, Winona Ryder plays the um, kind of aging, failing ballerina. She was the star, but right. now she's too old. Right. And she's in she's, her, she's like in her thirties. Right? right. And she's lost it and she's a drunk and there's a point at which she harms herself and, you know, cause she's kind of lost this life or whatever. But the, what is the Natalie Portman's character name? Cause I keep, I don't want to keep calling her Natalie Portman. Nina? Nina. Nina. Um, Nina really idolizes her. Um, because she was the lead. Right. I'm doing a terrible job explaining the the, the plot of this. Film. Well, we're done explaining <laughs> the plot. So she gets she gets this role mm-hmm. finally, and then uh, essentially has a psychotic break where she can't tell what's real and what's not. Right. And as in on her journey to trying fi- trying to figure out how to be the Black Swan. Right. Exactly. Um, and how and to the, be freer. Yeah. And the movie plays with you know, you know she's she's kind of descending into 
both playing this darker role and also maybe her own madness. Madness. And it's kind of like that. And yeah. she's seeing things throughout the movie. She's seeing like darker versions of herself around the city. She's going out with uh, Lily, who's the Mila Kunis character, and like going out on the town and doing things that she would never do. And yeah. then And then the next morning, it's like, did that even happen? Yeah, there's just a bunch of stuff throughout where like, she doesn't, and then it obviously like culminates in a the performance, yes, and b like shocking acts of violence that may or may not happen. Yeah, yeah, this yeah is there's the part some, that frustrates. Right. Me. Well, this and this is the part that that is you know part of the kind of thriller descent into madness, what have you, part of it that I. Um, like I, I honestly, the note I wrote was, I don't know why this particular weirdness doesn't bother me because in general that does kind of bother me. That kind of weird for weird sake. You hate that. I hate it. I hate it. it. But I think that because this is grounded in uh, a bit of reality, um, that helps. And also probably because, I mean, I'm not a, a dancer, I'm not a ballerina, but there are some similar things with like someone who went to acting school. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it's about performance and it's yeah. about ambition and yeah. it's about uh, like to- that makes total sense. So, so, uh, so I I get it a little bit. I think um, she but- has that line. Sorry, she has that line when she gets the part uh-huh. where she calls her mom on the phone in the toilet stall or whatever mm-hmm. and says, "He picked me, mommy." He picked, oh. and it's so bone chilling. Oh. Yeah, and also like it's that it's. It's uh, that like Texas cheerleader show that you watch. It's cheer. It's anytime anyone's gone on an audition for anything. Like <laughs> it's, it's relatable, but yeah. also, uh. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's some really like kind of uh, where the horror thriller aspect comes in. There are some really like uh, grotesque things that happen. She, she has uh, an issue with uh, it's not cutting and it's not super like self mutilation, but it's, it, kind of rides that edge of her mother finding scratches on her back and then freaking out and cutting her nails. Right. Um, and she kind of picks at her nails. Um, and yeah, there's real fucking body horror shit. Going yeah. There's on. like it's, a like, real, sucks. I don't want to spoil it cause it's, it's really shocking and gross, but I wrote there in my notes, it literally, it says bloody toenail P U. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's no, like thank well, you. and that's like um, part of uh, ballet being yeah, a dancer. Totally, um, and that's an interesting uh, thing about this movie too. Is that a, I think it, uh, a lot of people are like, "Oh, is this what ballet is really like?" Um, and then I think that dancers were maybe slightly offended by it, but so it like took it too far. They loved it. Dancers <laughs> loved this. Movie. No, 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 no. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like they were like, no, that's not actually what it's like. Yeah. But I think there are aspects of it that I think, uh, are true that people may not know about, like the bloody toes and stuff. I mean, that's just, if you're dancing on point, your feet are fucked up because yeah. that is insane. Uh, if they but, made a movie, sorry, if Dan, I'm thinking about dancers loving this movie. Uh-huh. If they made a movie about like TV comedy writing that was like all about a descent into madness while you try to write your like Trump jokes or whatever it is, <laughs> like I'd be like, oh yeah, this is the best movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's so like flattering to be like, yeah, it's just yeah. so fucking, it's so fucking important that you just like go crazy. <laughs> yeah. But then I know there was a lot of like controversy with this movie and, um, whether or not Natalie Portman was dancing, was actually dancing. Oh, was there? And yeah, because there was, so there was something, wait, I didn't write it down, did I? Of course not. Why would I do that? There was something about 
Um, so a lot of, apparently, according to the director and Natalie Portman and I think another actor, a lot of the dancing is Natalie Portman. She, yeah. she trained for a long time. So a lot of it is her. And then some of it is stuff that's beyond her capabilities and it's long shots and it's a, right. it's a body double. Yeah. And there, I think what I read was the the body double agreed to not be credited. Oh. And then when the movie was about to come out, was like, never mind, I want to be credited. Um, and then, or like said something that was like, well, it was all me when it wasn't all her. Uh, it, you know, it's hard it's to messy. say exactly. It's exactly, it's messy. But the thing that I find frustrating is that like, Anyone who thought that all of that was Natalie, well, that's that's on you. It's like men who who like are like, yo, you catfish me because you're wearing makeup, and I'm like, sir, if you think that my eyelids are naturally purple, that is your problem. This felt like the same kind of thing where it was just like, well, and then because then it's also just like, yes, it's a movie, so they hired an actress, and I don't know, like it just felt very. Messy and silly and like uh, a not, uh, I don't know. And it's, and it's, I get why it's frustrating as a dancer to be like, to feel like I did this work and someone else is getting credit for it. But at the same time, what happened in the beginning there where you said you didn't need the credit, you know. That's all like, yeah, exactly. Like they should, there should have been no situation where they were not going to credit this person. Mm -hmm. And there should have been no situation where that person's. Uh, you know, who, legal team, I'm sure, or whatever, or someone who looked at the contract for them said, yeah, you should sign this. Like, right, exactly. Like, all these things seem like they were a bad idea for everybody. Yeah. So but that, regardless. That got a little messy, yeah. but, but um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, like, the movie, I don't love it. Mm-hmm. And it was it was like a phenomenon when it came out. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, people, yeah, It was like a huge hit, I think. Um, I don't love it, uh, despite it being shot at my alma mater, SUNY Purchase. If, if you, you go, go to, to SUNY, SUNY S-U-N-Y. <laughs> um, I don't love it because it's just like, it's just for me personally, it just isn't, it's like the the exact sweet spot of like, what are we doing here? You know what That's I mean? That's interesting. I don't like, I wish, that at all. I wish it had... It was like twenty percent more coherent, mm-hmm. or twenty percent less coherent. But the way that it is, it's like a nothing sandwich to me. You know what I mean? Wow. Like I it doesn't. I just find that so interesting because that's not at all how it feels to me. It feels so. It feels so perfect um, to this this notion of. And again, perhaps there's like uh, like an uh, identifying thing going on for me where it's like oh, yeah. it just feels so. Like, it so perfectly encapsulates this feeling of wanting something so desperately and getting it, but it not quite being right. And you're desperately trying to prove yourself and just how insane that makes you feel. Yeah. Because it's like imposter syndrome. It's like this thing where it's like, she's a good dancer. And if she just chilled the fuck out, she would be fine. And instead, she keeps trying and trying and trying and trying and trying and trying and trying. And it makes her insane. And I, it just feels like, like, yeah, to me. I relate to all that, but I don't know. Like, I literally, I don't know both what actually happens in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, what actually, like, plot-wise happens, which doesn't always bother me if I don't know what plot-wise happens. Yeah. 
but I also don't know like metaphorically what happens or like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't, I, it, it doesn't, it doesn't do either for me mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And so I wish it would pick a lane and just be like a thriller about, you know what I mean? Like a, like a fun thriller or way weirder. Okay. Is I'm just repeating myself. Um, I, you know, obviously the visuals are cool. Like, I love the vibe. Right. The vibe is It's like is, shot on 60 millimeter, I think. Yeah, yeah. And it's like grimy and you've got like... Dark. Yeah, like, dark. it's just dark. I mean, SUNY thing. Purchase. Like, yeah. this is where I went to the college. Like, it looks like shit <laughs> and it makes you feel like shit to be there and you want to die and like, yeah, like I get it. Like, like, I relate to all of it. You're in the fucking hallway waiting for the fucking 16 millimeter... Steenbeck to be available so you can cut your movie with glue. <laughs> anyway, I get it. Yeah. I've been in those hallways. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but I don't know what I'm saying. You get it. I said it. It's fine. I said it four <laughs> times. Um, I'm looking at my notes to see. Oh, you know what's funny? Uh, what's funny? It's I, this conversation about like metaphor, does it work? Like whatever. Because uh-huh. um, you know what Darren Aronofsky made after this? What? Your favorite movie, Uh-oh. Mother, with an exclamation point. Oh, <laughs> fuck no. That movie, that, oh my God. Yeah. That movie, I hate it. I hate yeah. it. Yeah. I, it, like, it, if, if Mulholland Drive wasn't so, like, deep in my soul as my most hideous movie, yeah. Mother would have edged it out. And it only didn't because I'm like, I haven't watched Mulholland Drive in so long, so I don't know. But... I mean, I I also hated Mother, so if that helps, I don't know. But, it, you know, it, whatever. Bad. It was so bad. Oh, my God. But that is like... it's Mother also similarly in a weird zone where I'm like... Okay, you're you you have a it, it only exists as metaphor and mm-hmm. not but it's so plot plot driven. I don't know. It just the, the alchemy of it doesn't gel for me yeah. in these Aronofsky movies. Well, what's funny about Mother though is that Mother I think does the thing that you say you want Black Swan to do where it just goes down the rabbit hole of absolute absurdity. And maybe so like, but you know what I mean? Like, but it, like not, mother feels like what black swan would be if he took the right fork towards in, but I don't, insanity. I don't think so. Cause mother is so, and this is getting st- too stupid. I'm saying shit that doesn't make sense. And I, you know, America is yelling at their iPods right now, <laughs> right? That's how people listen to podcasts. Yeah. Um, they're nanos. Yeah. They're, they're zoons. Yeah. Um, they, uh, but, It's like Mother is so married to its, like, central metaphor plot that it doesn't actually get weird. Like, I'm sorry. Mother had a plot? Yeah. No, it's a woman (laughs) in a house and, like, all of a sudden people invade the house and it gets crazy and they eat a baby and shit like that. Like, Mm. that's the plot of Mother. And it's, but it's so, it's such a concrete metaphor that doesn't feel weird enough. I don't know. Look, I'm not saying anything and I'm not, uh, I'm not a smart person. (laughs) So. Wow. This is great. (laughs) Uh, no, I just, I do find that interesting though, that, that your, your, your main issue is that it's not kind of weird enough. 
Um, and then, and then simultaneously you didn't like when he went weirder, but also you like Mulholland Drive (laughs) and you like that kind of shit. You like the like weirder kind of, or at least you can stomach it more than I can (laughs) stomach it because I can't stand it when you're just being weird for being weird. I can't. I'm like, no. You're not yeah. a David Lynch fan. I'm not a Never Lynch took fan. you to Inland Empire. No. Um, no. Uh, I, I, yeah. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, it's. It, I, I feel the need to defend it because I feel the need no, to be like... You don't need to. No, 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 but I feel the need to be like, I I respect the, the creative brain and I respect the like art of it and I respect David Lynch's need to like just make art. Um, but it's just not for me. Not for you. It's not for me. Not for you. Yeah. I get it, man. All right. Black Swan. We we went so many places. We yeah. talked about... Oh, really quickly. <laughs> really quickly, just to cap it off. Please. I was wondering, because in my brain, Winona, Winona Ryder... So so given our ages and, and what when we grew up and what movies we were watching, Winona Ryder was fucking everywhere when we were in like elementary school. She was this darling. And then she like stole some shit and wasn't in anything. And I was like, oh, was this like her her first thing back? Fully not true. She worked the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> but in my brain, it was like, oh hey, Winona's back. No, I Which think- is funny. But um, sorry, just really so so I looked it up. I was like, oh, let me because I wrote I was like, was this her like first kind of like back after the whatever? And I like look at it, I was like, oh no, she worked that entire time. <laughs> and then I wrote, nah, but she was born in <laughs> Winona, Minnesota. That's, That's why funny. her name is Winona. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, that uh, I, I'm glad they didn't name me after Winona. Why do I keep saying Winona? Winona, Winona Ryder. I think it's Winona, but I anyway. Maybe, who knows? Listen, who can say? Who can say? Darren I'm Aronofsky. Sorry. I'm sorry, Miss Ryder. Great, I know you're an avid listener of this podcast. Yeah. Okay. Hey, is it available? Oh, what a question! <laughs> it's on Hulu, baby. The Hulu easily accessible. If you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend giving it a watch. I would say, yeah, it's worth seeing. Like, yeah, and I think it. I think the it's not a bad movie, mm-hmm. and the my complaints are just like it doesn't quite work on me. Yeah, but I get it. You know, there's amazing stuff about it. The look, the feel, the vibe, the makeup stuff. The yeah, the dancing. The dancing is incredible. Yeah, um, the that you know those makeup looks and effects later in the movie and stuff yeah. are cool. Like it's. And good performances. Mila Kunis is incredible. I love her. Um, you know. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah, we didn't talk much about her, but she's like really good in it. She is really. Everyone's good. really good. Yeah. She's she's especially good. Okay. Um, <laughs> great. Hey, what's the connection? Well, this is an interesting one. Oh. As are they all? As are they all? Right. As are as so yes. Okay. <laughs> What's the connection? Natalie Portman, mm-hmm. the titular Black Swan, yes, starred with Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein, who we'll talk about, who plays Phoebus in The Hunchback of Notre Dame. He does. In No Strings Attached, <laughs> which is not to be confused Don't do with it. Friends with Benefits, the movie we talked about a few weeks ago, months <laughs> ago, whatever, which stars. Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis from Back Swan. Oh Love my it. God. Was that wow. so interesting? That was so many connections. 
Yeah. Oh my god. Our next film is The Hunchback of Notre Dame from 1996, directed by Gary Truesdale and Kirk Wise. Our second Gary Truesdale and Kirk Wise joint after Atlantis the Lost Empire. Oh. Heard of it? Snap, I have. Come on, people. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, the IMDb summary is a deformed. Can we say deformed? I mean, uh, yes. It's not great. It's not a great, great way to describe someone, but. <laughs> a deformed bell ringer must assert his independence from a vicious government minister in order to help his friend, a gypsy dancer. Yikes, can we say yikes. gypsy? No, we can't say gypsy. Yikes, can't we? Yikes, 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 yikes. Um, well, they say gypsy a lot in the movie. They do. I did actually, and I, I, I'm sure you'll tell you'll you'll have things on this too. But I did look up because I was wondering if we could say if gypsy was a slur. Uh huh. The article I found in the Guardian. Yes. Says that. Uh, so I guess the the word traveler is used. Yeah. A lot too. Yeah. Um, but. Gil Brown of the London Gypsy and Traveler Unit, which I guess is an organization in the UK, mm-hmm. uh, told the, the the Daily Mail something. Romani gypsies are an ethnic group, so it depends on the way you are using it. If yes. you use it in the correct context, it is not racist. However, it can still be used as a slur, and that is racist. The word was used in a very racist and discriminatory way for many years, and then what happened was that the term moved to traveler to be all-encompassing. So anybody that could be described as a traveler or a gypsy became a traveler. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, exactly. I mean, I'm not uh, Romani, so I don't know. No, I certainly uh, don't. But all the research that I did on it as well um, is that gypsy is not necessarily a slur, but it's also not a super accurate way to to talk about this ethnic group. Right, 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 right. Um, now, so. deformed. <laughs> deformed is fine. That's fine. <laughs> hey, we're all deformed. Yes, well, I'm, I'm sure we will get into the the, the problematic aspects of of this. Of this I didn't mean to start off with just like problematic police. <laughs> no, but no, it was no, like no. let's yeah. set some terms. Well, cause, well yeah, because because you know. It's it's a term that's used a lot in this film and to describe characters and it's yeah. you know, um, so so yeah I think it's it is important to All right. to get it off the top exactly off the tippy top off the tippy top all right Hunchback of Notre Dame yes it's a Disney musical from the golden age of Disney and we've talked about this before yeah it's this weird it's on the cusp of the golden age because you've got the the actual golden age of Disney is your Little Mermaid Beauty and the Beast Lion King Aladdin run. And then Pocahontas Hunchback came after that. Right. Um, and it's where the Golden Age was really kind of petering out, I right. think. Um, although, frankly, I'm going to say it right off the top. Hunchback of Notre Dame has the best soundtrack. Wow. Period. End of story. Wow. Um, it's definitely the most... It feels like the most like complex soundtrack. Like, yes. Like, the mo- I, I hate to use this word because it doesn't mean anything but it feels like the most adult soundtrack mm, okay. like there's there's definitely those fun you know kid songs in there that yeah they, but they feel like they're trying to be fun kid songs in the middle of like i will burn for my right. lust like right well they're you know they're <laughs> and those crazy operatic orchestrations yeah the, the gregorian chants and, gregorian and chants. yeah and all that all that stuff but it is it truly i mean it's why 
it's why it's so frustrating watching this because it it truly this movie and this adaptation of this story lends itself so perfectly to a stage musical mm-hmm. and it's why it's so frustrating that that musical just didn't didn't work it didn't i didn't they see tried it. it right yeah they tried it and, and, oh, they tried and it. so like it <laughs> so it exists but and i haven't seen it i don't know it very well so I don't know too much about it, but it didn't make it to Broadway. So right. it didn't accomplish what I think most shows are trying to accomplish. Um, well, it's a weird, it's a, it was, I remember being a child oh. at the time and being like, the next movie's the what? Yeah. Because yeah. I had seen the Charles Lawton version of this. I had not read the book, but like I, I was, uh, you know, I'd watched the black and white movie of Hunchback of Notre Dame and I was like, that's not fun. That's not a kid's movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this is this is an adaptation of the Victor Hugo novel, obviously. Right. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, if you don't know the story of the Hunchback of Notre Dame, I, I don't know what to tell you. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh... You tell them the story. <sighs> um, but you've got Quasimodo, who... So, okay, 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 okay. I'm gonna try really hard not to get lost in the sauce here because I fucking love this music so much. We're gonna keep it brief. Are we? <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, here's the thing. Alan Menken says that this opening, "The Bells of Notre Dame," yeah. is the best opening song he's ever written. It's great. It's, it's great. Incredible. And also, this is like "Bells of Notre Dame" is the third or fourth iteration of how the opening of this film was supposed to yeah, be. You, yeah. And up until that point, it was just going to be spoken word. So you, the the movie starts with this char- the character of Clopin, who is a, a gypsy, a traveler, a Romani, who um, is setting the scene for everything and telling us what we're about to watch. Um, and, uh, the, so the, the gypsies, I, now it feels weird every time I say it. It's just a traveler. The, the travelers, uh, are being, it's 1400s, 1408 is the number. 1408. Yeah. Say. Starring John Cusack and Samuel yes. Jackson. No, what is it? What year is it set in? 1400s, right? I don't know. 1482. Fourteen. 14- 82. Eight was in there. I was close. Yeah, great. Um, anyway, 1400s. Uh, You're already lost in the sauce. <laughs> I am already lost in the sauce. And we're in Paris, Notre Dame, and uh, the travelers are being persecuted by, uh, mostly chased down by this the villain, Lord Frollo. <laughs> Lord Frollo. <laughs> Which is like... Only makes me think of that candy Rollos. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's so good. Or Frodo. A little frozen Rollo. Frollo. Oh, a Frollo. We, we did used to freeze those, so... Frollos. Yeah. <laughs> Be with me. Yes, and... <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, so they're being chased down and persecuted, and, and he's chasing down this group of travelers, and he essentially kills this woman. Right. <laughs> um, she she has run to the church and is trying to claim sanctuary, uh, and he push, kicks her down and kills her on the steps of the church. Right. And realizes that what she's holding is not stolen goods, but a baby. Um, and he opens the wrapping and says, a monster, because right. it's Quasimodo. Um, and then he goes to drown the baby in the well. Yeah, he's going to drop this baby in a fucking well. <laughs> After he murdered the baby's mother. Right. And the archdeacon is like, mm, 
maybe not because yeah. the statues of Notre Dame are watching you. That's terrifying. Also, those <laughs> shots of the yeah. eyes of Notre Dame. Yeah, it's really intense. I love it. Yeah. So, so Lord Frollo is is tasked with caring for this child, and and he says to the archdeacon, just keep him locked away because he's horrific looking, and yeah. no one wants to see him. So that also not to interrupt, no. but like I think that Frollo uh-huh. is like. Uh, he's not a fun Disney villain in any way. He's actually evil from oh the jump. Oh my god, it's, uh, we're gonna get into okay, it. Okay, I'm not getting into it yet. We're gonna get into it. Okay. Um, so, so that's how we get Quasimodo as the bell ringer of Notre Dame. Um, and then we cut to Quasimodo's 20s, 19? He's 20, older. he's 20, he's they 20. say. Um, we also meet uh, Esmeralda, who is our our Disney princess, who's not a princess um, in this film, and she is a traveler. She's very sexy. <laughs> um, you were, yeah. <laughs> um, She's which, drawn very uh, erotically. Yes, very, which is lots of curves. Which is part of the problematic element of this, but it, it cannot be denied. She's very hot, um, and. Uh, Oh gosh, there's a whole thing. There's the the Feast of Fools, the festival that he watches from the tower every year, and he is convinced by the they're not gargoyles; they're called grotesques because gargoyles were um, uh, the gargoyles on the on Notre Dame and on buildings like that are purposeful. They carry the water off of the tower, so when they're just statues, they're called grotesques, meant to ward off evil spirits. Uh-huh. Fun fact. Um, the gargoyles. <laughs> Hate to break it to you. The gargoyles. Uh, you're a gargoyle. <laughs> you're a grotesque. Um, but uh, so he's convinced to, uh, even though he's been told to never leave the tower, he's convinced to sneak out and go to the festival um, where they crown the king of fools. And he is he is somehow roped into it with all the cacophony and he's crowned the king of fools and there's a moment where the crowd reacts to him in, in a horrified way and then uh, Clopin, who's kind of leading the celebration, is like, no, no, we, we were looking for the ugliest face in all of Paris. Here it is. And he has this brief moment of celebration and then one of the guards um, throws a tomato at him and then they all turn on him and it's very upsetting. You were, yeah. I that, that's actually like that, cried. It's, it's the bullying <laughs> thing that you hate that you have a real hard time with in movies. Well, there's just this part because Lord Frollo is there um, and is obviously mad at Quasimodo for sneaking out and and there's they tie him down and he, they're spinning him around and they're throwing shit at him and laughing. It's, you know at what it is? It's sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt, but it's the thing I'm I've, I've been trying to pinpoint what that thing is that you that instantly makes you cry and when it happens. It's very in the movie. upsetting. Yeah, and I don't know if it happens in this movie, but it's this exact thing. Um, I know that it happens. I don't know if you cry at this movie. Is what I mean. Is it's the Carrie White thing mm-hmm. where someone who is bullied and a, a, um, an outcast mm-hmm. suddenly gets happy and thinks that their problems are solved and then realizes that everyone's actually against them. Right. Like suddenly feels like they belong and then suddenly feels like they belong. It turns and then, out it's all a joke. Right. And then the bullies come in even fuller force. Like yeah. that's, it's, ex- it's like the Carrie White thing. Whenever that happens, in a movie, you lose your shit, and it's I understand why. Upsetting. I understand why. I understand it. It's just so upsetting, but um, but yeah. And then Esmeralda kind of comes in and, and saves the day, cuts him loose, and is taunting Lord Frollo and blah blah blah. And there's a whole thing, and she gets away because she's magic. Um, 
And uh, Lord Frollo has a super creepy, amazing villain song called Hellfire, where he just is like, basically like, this bitch is either going to be with me or I'm going to burn her. (laughs) And he's just like talking about how horny he is. Yes. Like he's the horniest Disney villain. Oh my God. He is by far. It's all about his horniness. He is, he's like, and that, you know, the Disney, again, I'm going to keep saying this, but like, it's an amazing song, Hellfire. Mm -hmm. It's not fun. It's not poor, unfortunate souls. It's not be prepared. No, well, and that's like, none of this is fun. Right. Well, and that's the thing. I don't mean that that, as a criticism. No, no, that was like one of the trivia things that I read was that they purposefully did that. They wanted to get away from this image of the fun villain. They wanted to make him just evil, and they, they succeeded. Right. Um, this guy is terrifying. He's, he, you know, there's not a lot of like our our daughter's favorite Disney character for some reason is Jafar, <laughs> Disney villain, Disney villain. Yeah, I guess not Disney character, although maybe Disney character. <laughs> um, she like has a Jafar plush. Mm-hmm. There's no count uh, Lord Frollo plushes. There's, like, there's not because he's just fucking evil. Like yeah. he's just an evil monster who's also irreparably horny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, but so yeah, and uh, she Esmeralda gets trapped in Notre Dame by right. Frollo because she claims sanctuary, and Phoebus is there, and there's a whole thing. There's a Phoebus love story is the with captain Phoebus, of the guard, and it's played kind by of, Kevin Klein. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, I can't. I feel like very silly, like explaining the plot. Well, we don't have to explain yeah. it anymore. But the the thing, kind of what you're getting at, I think, when you're like, okay, and then like some stuff happens and whatever, mm-hmm. is that I think that after. The Feast of Fools. Uh-huh. Like, the, the the first 20 minutes of this movie yeah. is, like, one of the best movies I've ever seen. Right. And the rest of it's very good. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying it's But there's not definitely good. a turning point where but you're just a, like, oh, where you're like, okay. Yeah, where you're like, okay, well, now we got to do, like, a bunch of business. Yeah. And we got to run in here and they're going there. Yeah. And some of the songs aren't as good in the second half, I think. Like yeah. The, there's the, like, the, um, the, uh, grotesques. Mm-hmm. Not gargoyles. Not gargoyles. Uh, one of them is Jason Alexander, and they have a song that's like uh, a guy like you, and like a trying guy to get him, like you. right? And that feels very much like a trying to get. Like, hey guys, let's keep it light, keep it fun, keep it fun in yeah. the middle of all this. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty sweaty because it doesn't. It's not fun. None yeah. Of this is fun. Yeah. Although that song is very stupid and funny, like it makes me laugh every time. There's yeah. a line in it where it's like, "And since you're shaped like a croissant," is. yes, yeah. <laughs> it's just like what? It sounds um, exactly like Danny DeVito's song in Hercules, but I like yes. Danny DeVito's song in Hercules oh, that's better. Great. Right, yeah. Um, one of the other grotesques is played by Mary Wicks, who I, I know her from Sister Act. <laughs> oh, right. Um, that makes sense. She, she has she had a, a lovely long career, but that's what I know her from. And yeah. Notre Dame was her last film, and in fact, she didn't actually finish it. And uh, some of the work is someone doing an impression of Aww. her. Yeah, um, she does a great job. Almost really every does. line she had, you were cackling. <laughs> I mean, it's just so silly. Like this is that's the thing with this film is that the. the the grotesques are obviously added in to try and lighten it up and make it fun. Aggressively and a, trying to lighten it up. Right. And what's very funny is that a lot of the trivia talks about how like, like, oh, there's all this debate about whether or not they're actually real or they're part of like Quasimodo's mind. And it's like, it's a Disney film, y'all. Right. Chill out. Right. Um, like yeah. oct- octopuses can't talk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what exactly. I mean? Like it's just shit. Like, but um, they were very clearly added to lighten, lighten the mood a little bit. And there's, it's so 
It's the the perfect thing of uh, that I love the dumb funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The lines like, since you're shaped like a croissant is. And yeah. what were some of the other ones? Well, there's a couple. Oh, there's a, there's a moment where she was, that her, uh, Mary Wick's character has this whole thing where birds keep landing on her throughout yeah. the whole movie. And like, she keeps shooing them off and yelling at them. And there's a moment where she's like having a heart to heart with Quasimodo and the birds land on her. And she just goes, do you mind? I'm trying to talk to the boy. <laughs> and like, she's, and I, it's so funny. You I don't know it. why. It's just like. You love it. So silly and dumb, and it's perfect. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's really a great movie. Like, I really do love it. Yeah, I had not seen it. So we we have the Blu-ray. We didn't talk about this. We have yeah. the Blu-ray. We, this was from a period before Disney Plus mm-hmm. when we were kind of we had small children. Yeah. Still have small children. Yes. Um, and they, <laughs> I think they're sleeping upstairs. I hope. I hope. Um, they. Uh, and it's they were Disney was doing a thing where like the Blu-rays, this one has Hunchback of Notre Dame and Hunchback of Notre Dame two on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, so why did I bring this up? So we watched it on the Blu-ray. Oh, the menu. I had not. Thing. I, there was that thing where like we. I was looking at the special features and then I couldn't get out of that menu. Like <laughs> there was. I had to. It. I had to restart the DVD player. <laughs> um, but. I had not seen this movie as a kid, mm-hmm. is why I brought it up. So I only saw it more recently, and it's like truly incredible. Like yeah. the music is incredible, the performances are great. The animation is so beautiful, mm-hmm. but it's weird. Well, it's one of the first times apparently that they used uh, CGI for huge crowd scenes. There's a lot yeah, of you a tell. lot of aerial shots. From Notre Dame, from mm-hmm. Quasi's point of view yeah. of the village square. Um, and a lot of that, yeah, that was all CGI crowd stuff. And yeah. it was the first time that that was kind of done. There's a lot of like, so there's the digital aspect of it too. Mm-hmm. And I think we talked about this with Atlantis mm-hmm. where like there's a weird and it's not bad. It's not quite uncanny valley, mm-hmm. but it's like there's a weird mix of 2D animation and 3D animation Yeah, that sometimes is like, whoa, where am I? Kind yeah, of thing. disorienting. Right. Yeah. And it really works well in the Feast of Fools, which is this crazy thing, and there's that confetti, confetti happening. Yeah. The entire number. Mm-hmm. And this like digital confetti that's happening that that sounds terrible the way I'm describing it, but like <laughs> it's really colorful and beautiful and like yeah. it really gives the whole thing this crazy depth. Yeah. And then there's times there's a shot in The Bells of Notre Dame that's like zooming into uh, the Paris, I guess. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I'm like the town that it's in, <laughs> Paris, France. Paris. <laughs> um, heard of it? So it's like zooming in, but it's it's. How do I describe it? I wish I had the vocabulary for animation. I don't. Mm. But it's like one continuous zoom where you're just like, always. Fuck. How do I describe this? I don't know. <laughs> I ha- I'm. It's like it's digitally like getting bigger the entire time. It's not like it's drawn. It's a drawn zoom, but it's like the image. Fuck. Never mind. Never mind. Disregard. But like, there's there's a very long zoom shot in the Bells of Notre Dame that I'll try to like put on the social or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I can't fucking describe it. <laughs> um, but it's just a very strange mix. And also, regardless of that. 
there's also like a, sh- a a lot of shading going on in the animation, like a lot of like shadows in a way that is that feels new or that feels like there's a new kind of like shading and depth happening. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. Yeah, yeah. Like the Esmeralda dance is, yeah. is very uh shaded yes. to give her a lot of like curves and shadows. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the way they draw Esmeralda is like um, too horny. Well, it's too horny. <laughs> I mean, and listen, we can talk about the problematic stuff with with the depiction of travelers in this film. Um, but especially Esmeralda, um and and it it kind of goes back to the the, the source material, the novel, mm-hmm. um, obviously. But uh, the, something that I read that was that was interesting, I thought, was that so. Uh, Hunchback happened a year after Pocahontas, right? And Pocahontas is problematic, but Disney that Pocahontas was one of the first times that Disney was like, mm, maybe we should do some research, <laughs> and they they went out of their way to cast voice actors who were uh, Native American. Uh, they went out of their way to do the research of what Pocahontas is. Uh, ha- tribe would look like her how the houses what they where mm-hmm. they lived what they would wear for the the there's like a war dance scene that happens they did all of this research yeah. um so they it was and it, it's kind of notably one of the first times they they made an effort an effort right um and obviously <laughs> like Aladdin <laughs> right right exactly exactly and obviously it's it's the 90s so it's still not great and we have not reached Moana levels of accuracy here right but right right it was they made that effort, and then for Hunchback, they didn't do anything. At oh, for all. the travelers, yes, yeah. at all. So all the travelers, you can tell, yeah. All the travelers look the way they're dressed is not accurate. the 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 way that they're drawn, they all all the rest of them besides Esmeralda, who's this insane beauty. Um, are, they don't have chins. They they look like, uh, like. A, for lack of a better term, like greasy and like, oh, okay. you know, they, they really lean into all of them, including like, uh, Esmeralda is the only one who has compassion and has a heart. All of the rest of them are thieves, thieves. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, you know, um, the court of miracles, this was a really funny thing that I saw. So there's a whole thing where in this movie, there's a place called the court of Mir- miracles that Frollo has been looking for, for forever. Cause it's where all the gypsies hide out. Yeah. Um, and that's, not what it was. It did exist. Um, and it was a place where it was said that blind men could see and cripples could walk. That's the terminology. That's not how I feel. That's not a word I would say. Um, but, <laughs> and the, the reason it was like that is because travelers had learned that if they went out begging for money, um, with some sort of impediment, they made more money. Okay. Um, and this and the Court of Miracles is where they lived. Um, and oh, okay. there's a lot of stuff about uh, they. I'm gonna butcher all of this, but from the little research that I did, the Romani people were travelers. Um, they were nomads. They adopted a, a nomadic lifestyle, and then they were run out of a lot of places by laws. They weren't right. allowed to set up the tents. So. Uh, you know, they were forced to kind of live this way. Right. Um, and then all the caricatures and stereotypes were put on them. Yeah, right. About, there's a lot of stuff with them about apparently like stealing children. Which yeah, is that was not like, something that they do. Right, right, right. Um, and I think that's something to do with the original, the original source material. It's like quasi 
um, was something about Quasimodo being stolen, or I don't know. It's, okay. it's not that Quasimodo's mother was a traveler and da da da. Right. Um, but but yeah, it's it's a shame that these movies are only a year apart, and they they really made the effort with Pocahontas and and didn't try at all. But yeah, so it's it's unfortunate. But on top of all, and and part of the stereotype is um, traveler women being over sexualized, and part of that is sure. and, and like they literally have Esmeralda pole dancing. But even beyond that, yeah, like th- she's so sexy. <laughs> <laughs> she's drawn like especially in the dance. She. You know, throughout the film, she wears this kind of like um, very stereotypical traveler costume, I mm-hmm. would say, with the like head wrap and the, you know, thing wrapped around her skirt right, and little right. like dangly gold things and a peasant top. Um, but for the, the festival, she puts on a special red dress. Right. Um, where you can literally see like the outlines of her abs through the dress. Right, and it's it's that like it's that weird like like I was saying digital kind of shading thing that's yeah. happening to give her as much tit as possible oh for lack of a better God. word, <laughs> and it's like, like to make her as uh, uh, voluptuous as they could, and yes. uh, it's very funny. Um, yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're both <laughs> you okay? <laughs> um, I think. Uh, out there is one of my favorite kind of like oh my god i want songs oh from god, a disney movie so um it is very stressful for me to watch oh yeah cuz he's he's just dancing and prancing on these rooftops and it's of notre dame notre dame very high very high <laughs> in the air they also like toy with but don't commit to the fact that quasimodo has like brute strength. I know. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, they occasionally in the movie, they imply that he's, like, a Hulk figure. Super strong, Right, exactly. But then they sometimes don't. Yeah. Um, I think that Frollo is a... It's it's such a weird movie because it's not fun. Mm -hmm. And then the parts that are trying to make it fun feel like they're trying to make it fun. Yeah. They feel like studio notes. Yeah. But not... Oh, no, sorry. Go ahead. No, it just... And not, like, organic to the thing. Like, I think... I personally, I don't love the grotesques. I, no, I, I get it. I it's fully a Disney agree. movie. Yeah, I get it. I'm not saying like, 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 fine. Yeah, I'm not. I don't care. Mm. But it, it doesn't work for me. It, really. No, they're totally out of place. It's very stupid. Right. There's also the the matter of the ending, yes. which is like. Uh, so such a happy Disney ending, which yes. of course it is. Well, yeah, and I remember fully someone telling me after I saw this movie, like you know, in the real version, Quasimodo dies, right? Right. And I was like, what? Like, Doesn't I was Esmeralda so die too? Yeah, Esmeralda. he dies. Like, yeah. like it's like crazy. Yeah. And also, they do admirably. I think the movie. Um, shows like, oh, Quasimodo is upset that Phoebus and Esmeralda are uh, attracted to each other. Yeah. But then it kind of just ignores that at the end. Yeah, well, well, but I mean, yeah, yes, yes. But honestly, I kind of love the way that all of that is handled because 
Esmeralda is kind to Quasimodo, but she's never she never gives any indication that she's actually into him. Right, sure. Um, and there is a moment when Quasimodo thinks that, and it's this heartbreaking song called Heaven's Light. Yeah. That it's just like so beautiful. Right. <laughs> like, what the hell? Anyway, um, when she realizes that, what, no, when he realizes that she's not into him. Right. But there's not, it, I don't know. There's something about it that, that they, it, it kind of beautifully flows into this thing where he realizes that she's not into him, but still loves her and still like, is her friend yeah. and still wants to protect her and help her without this kind of like toxic masculinity thing. Yeah. And it's because they do this, this thing with, uh, Phoebus. Phoebe. I was like, Phoebe, 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 um, Phoebus where, uh, Quasimodo is mad at him when he comes looking for Esmeralda, but he's also, the head of the guard and Esmeralda thinks that he portrayed her. Right. So it's like this, I don't know. It's just like an interesting. It's interesting. It's more, it's more, it's messier than it needs to be. Yeah. I think that that's on purpose and admirable. Yeah. And there's also like a lovely thing the where, where Phoebus does like, there's some, some point where he says, Oh, when they find the court of miracles and Phoebus, like Phoebus is never like, threatened or weird with quasi either. Right. And understands what's happening and isn't like patronizing to him, but does say like, we never would have found you if it wasn't for him. Right. And just like gives credit where credit is due. Like, it's just like a nice, nice. little trio. I think, I don't know. I love it. Um, um, never saw Hunchback of Notre Dame 2. I don't know what happens. No, to I don't know what happens one. either. I can't imagine anyone has ever watched that movie. No, no. <laughs> but yeah, Frollo is, an amazing villain. He's cause he's just evil. Zero redeeming qualities at right. all. No origin story. No, like it's, he's literally, he's just a religious zealot. Right. Evil in that way. Also yeah. horny for this woman. Right. Which religious zealotry is, is rooted in Puritanism and yeah. fear of horniness and, yeah. and all that stuff. Like I totally, like it's, it's evil in the most believable way that, yeah a, uh, you know, powerful person in the 1400s probably would be. You right. Know? Well, and also like coming off of Jesus camp, it's like, right. yeah, exactly. recognizable. Exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Oh, some, some fun facts. Um, okay. Uh, you know who were considered for Frollo? So who? Frollo is played by, I can't remember his name. I'm so sorry, but he was in Beauty and the Beast. He played the insane asylum director. Tony J. There we go. Yeah. Sure. Um, and base, there was a thing where it's like, whoever was casting, whoever was working this was loved him from that and was like, he's perfect for this. But you know who was considered? Who? Patrick Stewart. Oh yeah. And Ian McKellen. Oh fuck. Right. I, like I need you to just take a moment. And picture Patrick Stewart singing Hellfire. Yeah. Because that would be killer. I mean, Tony J is great. Is amazing. Great. Is amazing. His voice, oh, it's perfection. Right. But also, yeah. I want to hear Pat Patrick Stewart sing Hellfire. Um, uh, also, I was looking at uh, the trivia and <laughs> the, I guffawed out loud and you said, what? And I said, save it for the pod. A fun fact that someone has decided to include on the list of trivia for this film. 
Uh, this is the Disney animated film featuring the fewest number of trees. Okay. <laughs> that can't be true, first of all. Why can't it be true? It's deranged. It's a deranged fact to put on there. IMDb, get your shit together. Um, oh, man. Uh, we also haven't said, so Jason Alexander is one of the grotesques. Demi Moore. Demi Moore is Esmeralda. Esmeralda. Kevin Klein is Phoebus. Tom Hulse is Quasimodo. Amadeus, Amadeus. I, I, I mean, I, I love him in Amadeus. I love him in this. Like mm-hmm. He's great. Um, Charles... Kimbrough from Murphy Brown is so the the uh, grotesques are Victor Hugo and Laverne. Laverne, <laughs> that's so funny, <laughs> right? <laughs> Victor Hugo, Hugo and Laverne. Laverne. <laughs> like was Victor Hugo's middle name Laverne? No, but Victor Hugo's middle name was something like Marie or something, and there was a moment where it was going to be Marie, and then. They decided to do Laverne after the Andrews sisters. Like, that's all the trivia that I saw. And I was like, that is not an explanation (laughs) for why she wasn't Marie. Laverne. (laughs) Again, this is deranged. Um, All right. Well, great. The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Hunchback. It's, it's, uh, uh, the music is incredible, period. Yeah, the music is incredible. The movie's incredible. I mean, that sequence, like, it's transporting and beautiful and i do i hate i know you hate this term Mm -hmm. i do bump on it a little bit (laughs) because of the mix of digital and 2d yes Yes. but the sequence where he's ringing the bells in the beginning during the bells of notre dame and the title card comes up and everything Mm -hmm. like and you see those bells swinging for the first time the bells have such a heft to them yeah and it maybe because they're digital i don't know but it's incredible. It's like, yeah. it's so, uh, like, the craft of it yeah. is well, crazy. And and the thing I will commend the animators for, and this is, I, I hate myself for saying this, but it's that thing that people talk about all the time where it's like, mm, the city is another character. <laughs> um, but for this film, yeah. it's Notre Dame is another character. And they really did a, like, uh, picture it. Disney animators, they're good. Yeah. They did a beautiful draw, job animating Notre Dame. <laughs> Shut <Yeah>. up. <laughs> they did a beautiful job. Um, <laughs> um, they did a really lovely job animating Notre Dame. And it's, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. Great. Is it available? Uh, it's on... Maybe you've heard of it, a service called Disney Plus. Disney Plus, it truly is. Great! What do we do? I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I don't love Black Swan. I like Hunchback of Notre Dame a lot more, but it'll be available on Disney Plus forever. I, yeah, but I, I weirdly feel like we get rid of Black Swan. Yeah, that's fine with me. You don't even want to talk about it. You just want to. <laughs> Not like, for like posterity's sake. Yeah. You don't want to like, I don't know, create podcast material. You <laughs> just want to say fuck you. You're like, you know, this is a show, right? This isn't just like a conversation we're having. Um, no, I mean, I think that like, I don't love Black Swan. Yeah. And, and I again, like Black I Swan okay. It. Yeah. It just doesn't work on me because of the weird alchemy of it. Yeah, yeah. 
You're like, yeah, we talked about it. I get it. Yeah. Well, uh, no, no, no. And, and Hunchback feels like you're absolutely right that it's going to be available um, because it's Disney, but also because it's a little bit of the obscure Cody Fingers Disney, I fear it going away. I fear them pulling some vault bullshit like they tried to do us, do us, you know? Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. Uh, Here's the thing. It's not like there's never going to be a Lord Frollo uh Ride at Disney World. <laughs> um, Hell, fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> it's just a ride d- designed to make you too horny, and then get and then send you off into the park. Um, uh, not even Quasimodo plush. Like they, they no. fully like, which probably for the best. Like. That, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. weird. That would be offensive. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like your little, um, but anyway, I think that it's not going away though. Like, no, I don't actually think it's going away, but I feel like as far as our collection goes, it feels like one we should keep. Yeah. And I mean, I'm actually fascinated by the hunchback of Notre Dame too. That's <laughs> what is that? That's like someone being like, we made an animated movie. It's called Macbeth two. <laughs> and you're like, I mean, well, apparently, a lot of the voice actors came back. I believe, including Kevin Klein. Oh, that's um, cool. And uh, it, it features—I've heard something. It features uh, Esmeralda and Phoebe's son. So, oh, okay, whatever that means. Wow. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think it's interesting to keep it. Yeah. Let's keep it. Let's keep it. Great. Okay. Um. Thank you, Black Swan. Uh, I think you're great. I had a, a, a lovely time with you, um, and uh, I'm sure we'll see you again. You're on Hulu. I'm sure of it. You're on Hulu. Should we pick this next matchup? Let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, Siri. Hmm? Pick a number between 1 and 1,321. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 383. 383 is... From 1982. Hey, good year. The Evil Dead. Hey, that's a favorite fave of yours, right? Yeah. Although I've, ne- I've never seen it. I don't know if it's a favorite fave of mine. I, I, I haven't, I don't remember it very well. I remember oh. loving, I love the concept of it. Right. It's a, it's a zombie. I have a very good, like feeling about it but okay. i don't remember it specifically i remember loving evil dead 2 more okay uh and then army of darkness and it's you know it's sam raimi we've talked a lot about sam raimi like mm-hmm. it's um i mean it's a classic like it's like a classic yeah. horror thing so i've never great. seen it so great but right. we watched the remake do you remember that uh, give me more it's called the evil dead Okay, <laughs> who's in it? Thank I you. I don't know. I don't remember <laughs> anything about it. It's uh, no, I don't remember. Okay. Great, great, <laughs> sassy molassy over there. <laughs> great. Well, I can't wait. Great. All right, let's see what's going up against it. Let's. Hey Siri. Uh huh. Pick a number between one and one thousand three hundred twenty-one. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 273. 273. Uh, from 1995. Hey. I don't know if you've seen this movie. Uh-oh. It's called Clueless. <laughs> yeah, baby. 
<laughs> that was way harsh time. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's going to be a movie that you're going to be saying every line along with as we watch. Oh my God. I'm so excited. That's, good. That's a good one. I love that movie. Obviously. It's a good movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who did you just become? It's a good movie. It's a good movie. <laughs> okay. Great. I love it. Yay. All right. Clueless. Clueless versus <laughs> evil the dead. evil dead. Great. Great. Um, we've done a bunch of Sam Raimi movies, right? We did uh, uh, Simple Plan mm-hmm. and Drag Me to Hell. Yeah. And this is the third one. So Great. That's, we're, and uh, Clueless, a classic. Clueless, a classic. I'm Great. So, yeah, it's been, I haven't watched Clueless in so long. I'm very excited to I watch know it. Like every, sat down and watched Clueless. Yeah, like I it, I definitely know every word of that movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For I'm sure. Excited. Listen, save it for next week. Uh Y'all, thank you so much for listening, especially if you got this far. We're DVD Deathmatch in all the places. We got the Insta, we got the Twitter, we got the Gmail, we got the World Wide Web. And I hope that you uh, are not dealing with medical bullshit uh, and are doing well and staying healthy and happy and lovely. Um, (laughs) I hope that too. Yeah, man. Uh, And listen, come back next week and see who survives. DVD Deathmatch. Oh, wait, who's the guy? The guy is somebody. It's Sebastian Stan. Yes! Oh, my God! Yeah, they, like, go out on the town and they meet these two guys and one of them is Sebastian Stan. And I was like, hey. Wait, I had this tweet I was going to do earlier today. Uh Uh-huh. Tell me if I should tweet this. Okay. If it's a good joke. Okay. Hardcore Sebastian Stan fans are called Sebastian Appreciators. Okay. Do you get it? Because you can't, they can't be Sebastian Stans. Well, you want them to be Sebastian Stans. Right. But it's funny to say, no, they're Sebastian Appreciators. Appreciators. Funny is a relative term. It's different for everyone what's funny. <laughs> okay. Not going to tweet that one. It's not bad. It's okay. I don't know why I tweet anyway. I get, it's like, <laughs> fucking at this point, it's like, <laughs> let me write this joke and three people will say, okay. Hey, <laughs> your Twitter is wildly popular. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, this is the most embarrassing thing I've ever said on the podcast is <laughs> sharing this joke I was maybe going to tweet. Um, 